0: To the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world, proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hello and welcome to My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck, and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello. Today, I've got Dr. Glenn in to talk about um, something that we've seen. Reported on the news just recently, and it's really, really sad. It's actually, uh, there's been a few dogs die during domestic flights or during transport of domestic flights um, around Australia. Just over the last week, there's been two reports that have come out. I mean, I think they were actually back in December that
1: a few yeah, of happened. And there's always, well, not always, but there's been a number of deaths over the years. Yeah. Like they, they happen in little spats and spates, mostly in summer, obviously. Also, yeah, heat related. Mm, yeah.
0: So we just thought we'd have a little bit of a chat about um, transporting your pets via plane and how to reduce the risks. Actually, what happens when you transport your your dog or your cat because they're obviously not sitting next to you on the plane. Yeah. So we thought we'd just have a chat about that. Um, and just remember this is just general advice. It may or may not be suited to your pet. And if you've got any questions, please contact your veterinarian. Absolutely. So, Glenn, so as I said, just recently, there's been some reports um, come out from some domestic flights. I think there was one from Sydney to Brisbane, and one was Brisbane to Melbourne. Maybe yeah, yeah. there was um, dogs that had unfortunately passed away either during the flight or possibly on the tarmac. It looks like. Um, so, I mean, uh, I, I just can't think of anything worse than when you go to pick up your pet and they're actually oh, alive. It's
1: absolutely horrible scenario to it, be in, and, and I mean, I've had a few puppies only that have yeah. um, have been transported and there's always yeah some intrepidation involved and, mm. and I mean, lots of pets get flying around for, um, I mean, change of ownership but also yeah. like um there's plenty of dog show people that, that oh, tra- tra- course, yeah. tra- travel around from um, yeah. you know, major capital cities to different shows and, and yeah. um, breeding dogs get transported around the country yeah. and that sort of thing and, and obviously people moving houses and that sort of thing yep. from one side of the country to the other. I
0: yeah. mean, I guess there's a fair chance every time you're on a plane there's actually – a dog or Quite a cat possibly, somewhere. Quite possibly, and,
1: and we've all sat at the airport waiting for your plane and you can see the, yep. yeah, the crates there and wonder, wonder who's in, in, on board.
0: Yep. yep. So um, on that, so first of all, I want to sort of talk about that. When you um, do you have a dog or a cat on a plane, unless they're an assistance, registered assistance animal, they're actually underneath us. Yep. Where we're, us people are all sitting at the top, they're actually stored underneath in the cargo hold yep. of the plane. So it's different to where we're sitting. I mean, it's... Pressurised, but it's not tempori- temperature controlled, from Correct. what we understand. Yep. Um, so they're not quite in the same level of comfort that we are. No,
1: not the same level of comfort. And it's that, I mean, the transit bits in between are, are significantly yes. important as well because we... Drop them off as um, freight, essentially. Um, yeah. Back back at the um, wherever you, you know, drop them In off back, at the airports yeah. or, or um, there's plenty of um, companies that that you know, arrange pet transport, and you may not necessarily oh, yeah. be on the flight. Um, so yeah, I mean those um, animals have got to go from a holding dock somewhere, um, which hopefully will be air conditioned, but mm. may not necessarily be air conditioned, um, and then transported from that freight terminal fire, um, whatever apparatus they go on a little trolley, um, which usually aren't shaded, um, so they're in their crate, um, and then hopefully get promptly loaded on the plane where it's not in the sun, but not necessarily air-conditioned and mm-hmm. cooler. Um, but, yeah, the one fairly tragic one with the, the poor boxer that um, died recently. I mean, he was observed to be on the tarmac for longer than you would think would be suitable um, on a hot day, basically yeah. 40-something degrees. And,
0: and But even when it's not hot in temperature-wise, it's hot out there on those hotter.
1: tarmacs. It's usually hotter on the tarmac, oh, that's right. A lot hotter. You've yeah. got all
0: the planes, you've got the heat yeah. coming off the bitumen. Yeah, it's, it's concrete pretty and spots or
1: everything else. So yeah. It's, it's not it's not a nice place to be really. No. And it's um and, you know obviously minimizing the amount of time that that's going to be the case um is is one way to mm. you know reduce issues but you know I've um, patients that come into my clinic, I mean, dogs can overheat really quickly.
0: Yeah, it's um, yeah, only a matter of minutes, really. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yep. You know, the wrong environment and, you know, the wrong dog in the wrong environment. I mean, literally, you know, five minutes of, of adverse temperature, um, they yep. can get to the stage where they go from that, you know, just panting, trying to cool down to slow, deep breathing when they're yep. in the overheating situation. And then they, they can't thermoregulate from there. Yep. It's just a, a downward spiral from there. So things can go astray very quickly, that's for sure.
0: And so that, as we said, that's a, it's a really long day to transport your dog. So they're leaving the house, the property, wherever they are, the kennels to go Probably a car trip. Chances are it's probably an hour in a car as well. And then they're getting to the airport. Then they're probably sitting there for a good hour, hour and a half before they even yeah, get put it, on the plane.
1: certainly not the, just the, the flight time. And I mean, right. some of these cases have been quite short flights from Brisbane, Sydney, Sydney, Melbourne. Like, you know, quite short flights. And even you know, across Australia, you know, yep. if you're flying from Melbourne to Darwin, I mean, that's a you know it's probably a decent, five-hour right? flight, yeah. six-hour flight. Um, and then by the time you add in, you know, a couple of hours at the start and, and less time at the end, probably. I mean, there's no probably cool time of the day that you can um, arrange to do that if it's summer. Um, Yeah. Because if you're leaving Melbourne very early in the morning, it's going to be midday by the time you get else. done or or vice versa. versa. So, yeah, yeah, it it certainly makes it a lot more complicated.
0: Yep. So they sit the dogs, obviously they get checked in like baggage, and they go – um, out on a trolley or whatever it is that carries them out to the plane, they get chucked onto the bottom of the plane where they sit Place until, carefully, hopefully. Yes. Carefully. <laughs> We've seen some of the luggage handlers, yes. but hopefully they don't do that. Can I talk about that? <laughs> um, then they have to sit there until the rest of the plane is loaded people and, you know, there's delays and stuff, so they could easily be sitting in the bottom of the cargo hold for an hour or more. Then they get up when you're in the airfare as long as you are in the air for an hour two five, six, whatever it is, land at the other end, then we're waiting for them at the other end to be transported. Same thing, unloaded from the plane, and hopefully they move them swiftly across the tarmac and back into a cooler airport. But it doesn't always happen. And so we've got to think about that, I guess, that they are going to be in a different environment to us. It's not what you're just thinking, oh, yeah, we just get on a plane and stuff. It's a
1: little bit different for them. It's a lot different and it's certainly not what they're used to as well. No, that's right. And and some pets will handle that better than others, that's for sure.
0: Um, When they're travelling, they're in a crate, they have to be in an airport airport, – specified crate. Yeah, this, there's registered yep.
1: design specifications, et cetera, et cetera.
0: should yeah. have lots of ventilation and airflow and you should have a, a secured water bowl and good yep. bedding underneath and everything like that. So, I mean, you're trying to keep them as comfortable as you can. Yeah. But I, it, it can be tricky. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, they're still confined into a small space. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, you know, they haven't got a fan blowing on them. No. They haven't got air conditioning blowing on them. No. Yep. Yep.
0: And unfortunately, it's not an option in the plane. Correct. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. So why? Like we've talked about obviously it's quite a long day, it gets hot and everything, but there's a lot of other risk factors involved in that transport of, well, the flying of pets. So um, one of the biggest things that has come up out of this um, recent deaths of a few of the animals is that uh, both um, a couple of the airlines have actually stopped allowing flying or they've temporarily paused flying of, you know, <laughs> Brachyphilic breeds, yeah. breeds. So that's your short nose, squished up sort of face breeds. So you're thinking like your bulldogs, your boxers, your, um, oh God, this is massive. Quite, quite long staffies, list, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything yeah. that's got that short nose.
1: Yeah. will not. English staffies, but oh, American staffies reason. for some reason. But anyway, <laughs> um, and yeah, Malteses and Chihuahuas and some of the smaller Chihuahuas, um, yep. shi- like your smaller breed dogs with, and then even flat your cats, with well. you talking your Persians and, and yep, things yeah, like that. Um, yeah, short British breeds and and snub nosed breed cats yep. as well, certainly.
0: So they've actually paused um, at the moment, and this is still the case right now. It's we record this is that they've paused the transport of these brachyphilic breeds at the moment. They're saying they'll they will reinstate them, but chances are that when they start allowing those breeds to um, be transported again, they're going to ask for uh, veterinary certificates that are fit-to-fly certificates for these specific breeds. Yep. Um, I guess we'll just wait and see what happens with that.
1: Um, yeah, and it's a whole different can kind of worms yeah. <laughs> um, when you're doing that because then it's, I mean, putting notice on the veterinarian um, yep. to, I mean – we currently, the main things in, I see in practice for fit-to-fly certificates is younger puppies. The, the, most yeah. of the transport companies um, require a fit-to-fly certificate for puppies less than 10 or 12 weeks of yeah. age. So they've got to be, I think, m- minimum of eight weeks of age to fly. Um, but there's sort of a, a couple-week period there where people want to get puppies to owners and owners it want to get cut, puppies. Yep. Um, and we do um, fit-to-fly certificates for those. But it's you know, all you can do is give the pet a clinical exam and mm-hmm. at that time, okay, there's no... Detectable abnormalities that you can see that that make it an increased risk um, yep. to fly, and and you know if you're a brachycephalic breed, that's an increased risk to you know Full to spot. start with, um, unless you've had extensive airway surgery, <laughs> so essentially.
0: We we've spoken about them before. Um, these breeds of dogs that have got them mu- at a much higher risk of breathing difficulties because of the construction of their face. Basically, it's yep. just their genetics, the way their tubes, their nose, all their breathing, their respiratory system works. It's yep. just
1: Well we, or doesn't work. Or
0: does it yeah. Yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. So that's why um, it's not just it's not just um, mean to these breeds
1: actually oh, so, no it's not i mean it's, just, it's their physical characteristics yes. that other physical characteristics that make people like them a lot of the time because they're actually, pushed in faces yep. and, and human-like faces and yep. boogly eyes and cute and everything else <laughs> um but you know it compromises their physiological capacity to um, maintain their body temperature because they've just got less surface area mm-hmm. and they've got less ability to um, move air across those moist surfaces which is the only way that a dog's got to cool down um, and when you start shifting lots of air under negative pressure when they're trying to breathe in through narrowed airways mm-hmm. that can cascade down into um, increasingly narrow airways and um, they get a syndrome where they get edema and, and fluid that builds, it, um, up. builds up very quickly um, in those airways just because of the amount of vibration that's going yep. on as they heat up. And that's um, one of the problems with these um, you know, short-faced breeds of dogs. If they haven't had corrective airway surgery mm-hmm. to try and open things up and, and correct things is that they, you know, they do overheat a lot faster mm-hmm. with a lot. Um, quicker consequences than a, you know a kelpie or a cattle dog yep. or any other breed that's got you know normal airways yep. yeah
0: so that's why they're saying that. that's why they've put a hold on these breeds being flown around at the moment and it's that's why they're at more risk because basically they overheat they can't breathe the same way as yep. efficiently as your other breeds of dogs yeah so that's why that's the case at the moment.
1: Yeah, and the certificate sort of things, I mean, that's difficult because then it puts on the vets say, okay, yeah. you know, um, it's fit to fly but it's a brachiosphalic breed um, and I know there's certainly vets out there that um, are of the opinion that they won't sign a fit to fly mm-hmm. certificate for a brachiosphalic breed until it's had airway surgery and – The vet has seen um, a specialist report saying that, in their opinion, that they've got normal airways now um, and uh, a less chance of overheating. So it's, you know, it's transferring responsibility to some extent from the airline to the veterinarian um, because everyone wants a. Paper trail of, of, um, indemnity to some extent. (laughs) Um, so yeah, there's, there's going to be some interesting discussions between clients and vets, um, over this, if this sort of opens up because, um, you know, there isn't no risk. There's never no, there's never no risk. Um, and there's assumed risk with anything because, um, there is always, you know, a a small possibility of troubles. I mean, if an airline through whatever reason, um, elects or ends up leaving a pet, on the tarmac mm. for an extended period, which realistically is any more than probably five or ten minutes yep, in the heat. Is. I mean, it's, it's a. That's a significant risk to that pet, yep. um, whether they're brachycephalic or not. Um, but a brachycephalic pet is always going to be of increased risk yep. um, if they haven't got you know, more normalised yep. airways. So, yeah, I, I don't know how many vets are going to be happy to give yeah. um, fit for certificates to, to dogs that have got abnormal airways. I mean, um, that's going to be, be interesting.
0: interesting development over the um, – yeah, it will just be interesting to see what they decide when yeah. they lift this pause and yeah. w- what actually happens. Obviously, they're in discussions about it, I'm yeah. guessing, trying to make it as safe as possible for yeah. pets. and.
1: And you know, it, it, and it's a, um, you know, it's, I've had discussions with clients before about, you know, yeah. old pets, um, yep. and pets with, you know, heart conditions and that sort mm-hmm. of thing that have been, you know, wanting to fly. And, you know, it, it's been my opinion that, you know, it's a pain in the backside, but the pet would be happier. In a car for 15 for hours trip, rather, yeah. rather than going for a two hour car flight, um, yeah. which is easy for me to say, um, <laughs> but, 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 but that's that. the case.
0: Yeah, yeah. so and then that's the truth. It's not just these short nosed dogs that, that are at um, risk on an aeroplane. Every dog that gets on an aeroplane is going to be at some form of risk yeah, because it, it, it's, it's not a small normal. risk,
1: but but some are, are greater risk yeah. um, than others. So yeah. you're
0: are to think like that older dogs, dogs with underlying medical conditions, they're definitely at a high risk. I yeah. guess the really young dogs, they actually. Um, what I was reading was that they won't, without a fit-to-fly certificate, they won't allow pets um, over 12 like your senior pets or um, pets that have just had surgery or injuries or yep. just had puppies, things yep. like that, they won't allow them which, to fly Which anyway, is all fair so enough.
1: Um, They're obviously I mean, higher risk. Yeah. You know, overweight dogs is a mm-hmm. you know, significant major risk factor. They don't because, mention that. <laughs> No, they not <don't> that. <laughs> Because, I mean, that's, you know, decreasing airway compliance and decreasing airway efficiency um, if you've got a lot of fatty tissue at the back of your throat, whether yep. you're brachyphalic or not. I mean, that's a big problem and you've got a greater surface area to volume yep. ratio and, and you can overheat and store heat yep. a lot faster um, if you're rather rotund. Um, <laughs> that's and, you know, it's a, big, put- it's a big problem.
0: So that's um, the biggest risk, I guess, is the effect on the airway. Yep. which can come from temperature, stress. <laughs> yeah, affecting the airway
1: and, and just the heat. You know, and the heat with yep. normal airways, just the heat can still be a problem. Yep, yeah? that's yeah. right.
0: So there's – but there's also other issues that can be um, – that increase those risk factors on those flights. So stress and anxiety is another one. Yep, absolutely. really stressed out pets going to – you know, it, it affects them. It raises their heart rate. They're not in a normal situation. They yep. don't – they really have no idea what's going on, let's yep. face
1: it. And, you know, anxiety reaction in dogs is is puffing and panting and mm-hmm. can't um, settle and move around the cage than yep. they normally would and that's making body heat. And, and they've they're...
0: got no mum or dad to help them get Correct. through that. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a
1: problem. And then, you know, we as a profession used to, I mean, we had less um, drugs at our disposal than we used to, um, than we've currently got now. Yep. So, I mean, there's certainly been plenty of, used to be plenty of sedated pets mm-hmm. um, for car trips and um, for yep. plane rides. And um, we fairly quickly figured out that that using sedatives that suppress cardiovascular systems um, isn't a great idea. And, and if they're sedated and unsteady on their feet, well, that, increases their level of actual anxiety because most of the sedations aren't actually um, helping with their anxiety at all. Um, no. They're probably making it worse, if anything, because yep. um, they're less physically able to respond. And, yep. and, yes, there are anti-anxiety medications that you could have prescribed um, mm-hmm. from um, your veterinarian to, to potentially help with, with reducing anxiety in that situation, yep. um, but it's not about sedating the pet so they can't move
0: Yeah, because yeah.
1: um, that's bad.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not their ideal. What no.
1: They, and I mean, it's yeah. increasing their risk. Yeah. yeah. If, that's If right. anything another that you're risk. doing to, you know, relax airways and, and yeah. make airways less controlled and, and the animal less in control, I mean, yep. that, that's all bad things.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, again, the another risk is even just the confinement itself, like being put in a cage. Some dogs aren't going to respond very well to that. Yeah. I mean so it's, it's a risk. It's,
1: just, it's a stressful thing. And I mean... Yep. Yeah, crate training is an awesome idea for yep. most pets. And if the first time your dog's confined to a crate is yeah. the crate that goes on a plane, I mean that's uh, triple scary. triple stress. Yep. Um, whereas if they're you know used to being transported in a crate and used to sleeping in a crate, and a crates a safe mm. place, I mean it's it makes you know that that transport in a crate much, much healthier and easier as well. Yep. yep. So, um, crate training is good.
0: Yep. yep. Um, dehydration is another thing that you've got to. I guess be concerned over there are long haul, long haul flights. Yeah, long haul flights, and and, and, they're, and
1: they're supposed to have their, um, you know, access to their water. but That doesn't right. mean that it's, it's still intact, and they haven't that's drunk right. it. And, and are they going to drink it in the first place? Yeah. And and you know, if you've got a transport company that's looking after the transport of that pet, I mean, you know, yeah, what sort of time schedule yeah. have they been um, you know picked up on the rounds and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, dehydration's you know certainly an issue. I mean I think there'd be a whole lot more um, health issues from from actual overheating than, mm-hmm. than dehydration as such. Yeah. yeah.
0: So Basically,
1: it is risky. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and it's not, you know, it's not necessarily super risky, but there's, it's of increased risk. Um, and that's to any pet, to any pet. And I mean, that's the difficult part of drawing up some legislation. We've, you know, just given a a list and you Mm. can look up on the internet what the list of breeds of dogs are. Um, but then there's, you know, other dogs that are very similar confirmation that aren't on that list mm-hmm. and, and, you know, even within a breed, I mean, oh. there's significant variation yep. within a breed of, you know, some pets will have a really, really short nose and some will have a quite a, you know, um, a, a long nose. Um, and
0: you've got all oh, your crossbreeds these days. Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
1: so, um, so you know, it's, it's, you know, they've got to start somewhere and they've got to have yeah. some um, legislation and some, some sort of guideline, um, guidelines in place that they've got to go by, but it's still um, yep. difficult to, uh, you know, just because you're breed a dog isn't on that list doesn't mean there's not some risk involved. Doesn't mean it's 100% um, and just safe. because your um, pet is able to fly doesn't mean it's it's yep. you know necessarily you know a hundred percent safe to fly. Yep. Um, and that's even if everyone does the right thing as far yep. as, you know prop loading onto yep. planes and and trying to mitigate the um, the Risk factors. Well,
0: that's it. A lot of those risk factors aren't actually about your dog themselves or their confirmation or how they handle the situation. They're actually out of the control of sometimes everybody. um, You know, everybody's been delayed on a flight at some point. So you just don't know. Um, what it is, I mean, sometimes you, there is nothing that nobody can do about it sometimes. So it's, it's just they might have been loaded properly. Then. And
1: then Brisbane the last couple of days has been oh, 37, 38 degrees and 95% humidity and yep. it feels like like 42 degrees. And, yep. you know, two weeks ago it was 32 degrees yeah. um, or 28 degrees. It um, lovely. So, you know, it's you book your flight three weeks yep. out, you know, it's the roll the dice what the temperature is going to be on that day. I mean, obviously if you are booking a flight, um, you know, avoiding the hot part of the day yeah. um, at both ends of the flight would absolutely be most yep. ideal. Um, is that possible? Because, I mean, again, Brisbane the last couple of weeks, 5 oh. o'clock in the morning has been 28 yeah. degrees and 100% humidity and it's very, very uncomfortable, you know, at 5 o'clock in the morning. So it's it's difficult to say, okay, this is the time of the flight, it's, it's all going to be hunky-dory.
0: Yeah, and mm. it really, yeah, there's nothing you can do about that yeah, sometimes. It's more but,
1: likely to be hunky-dory, yeah. but you can't <laughs> say it's going to be. No, that's yeah. right.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, we've probably scared you half to death with all the risks if you're thinking about flying your dog. Yeah, I mean, and that's but.
1: the thing. Look, it's, you know, it, it is a risk, and how big is the risk? You can't put a figure on it. Yep. Um, some situations and some breeds and some confirmations are certainly of higher risk, um, and, you know, you've got to consider, okay, what is the reason that we're flying for? Is there any other potential yeah. ways around it? Can we delay it? Um, can we do a road trip? <laughs> yep. um, yeah, it, it's a hard one.
0: It is. Yeah. So before we leave you, let's just mention a few of the ways to reduce those risks. So we've talked about um, making sure they're healthy anyway, basically. Just make sure if you really have to fly, if there's no other option, um, you want a healthy pet. So don't be flying them when they're already stressed from some other illness, whatever it is. If you can avoid it, just avoid it yep. if they've got a heart condition a respiratory infection or whatever it is. Yeah. Please don't <laughs> Just limit, limit your risk factors. Yeah. Basically, get them checked by your vet. Even though it's not um, a prerequisite for having to fly, it's not a bad idea to have a chat to your vet before you actually put them on a plane. Yep, because they might be able to point out something you hadn't thought of. Yep,
1: and especially if they haven't had a like a general examination. Mm-hmm. And, and when pets go to the vet, they should have a, you know, a clinical examination yep. done. Um, but I mean, if your pets, you know, a Inverted crawl is a healthy pet that doesn't need to go to the vet and hasn't been in the vet for seven years. Yep. <laughs> um, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not an underlying condition exactly, that, that yep. is quite easy to pick up on um, that is easily diagnosed and you want to know about it beforehand rather than yep. after or during. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, get them. I I really think that's important to get them checked by a vet before you decide yeah, to fly them personally. And
1: most puppies, you know, they need the fit to fly certificate yep. and they've you know, just been checked out. Hopefully, when yep. they've had vaccinations and that sort of thing. And, and I mean, I mean, not the the majority of pets that I see that fly. I mean they puppies basically, but yeah. I couldn't tell you, um, you know, overall what the numbers of, of puppies versus you know adult dogs, and certainly puppies, um, I mean, are less prone to overheating just because yeah. they're smaller and, and they've got better body surface areas and that sort of thing. So um, there's probably less risk for the same dog, and that was one of the circumstances that um, one of the, the tragic deaths recently, the puppy had flown as a puppy um, and it was fine. It was fine first um, time. And then a year later as an adult, um, it, it you know came to grieve, yep. um, and just because it was fine as a puppy doesn't mean that a year later um, it hasn't you know, got significantly bigger and, mm-hmm. and potentially fatter, and its airways have
0: well, who knows gone, gone,
1: gone to crap. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: So also another thing to um, think of is what you're actually transporting them in. I mean, there's definitely um, restrictions, guidelines from the aircrafts, of depending on what company you're flying with, what they're in, but you need to make that um, – Comfortable, but it needs to be well ventilated. You don't want like the whole thing stuffed with blankets and, yeah. um, you know, toys and whatnot. You want it to be comfortable, but it needs to be well ventilated. It needs to meet the requirements as per the airline. It uh, You need to have water. You want to have that water bowl secured to the side, water bowl. Not, there's literally no point in sticking a saucer of water in the bottom yeah, of the box. Yeah.
1: Um, no stu- no spill bowls and that sort of thing these days, but, I mean, it's going to be dictated by um, what the legislative guidelines are yep. of the, the um, pet transport company or the freight company that's, yeah, that's handling, handling things, basically. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, and the other thing which Glenn also really mentioned is <laughs> try, if possible, to think about the temperature or the time of day that you're travelling and the temperature that it's going to be. So, I mean, if for some reason you're able to hold off until the winter months great, you're probably going to be better off for your yep. pet to do so. Otherwise, um, you really would prefer to be flying in those early morning hours or the late in the evening hours. I mean, it's just whether or not you can actually get them on a flight like yeah. that. I'm not sure if every flight's allowed to have pets on them or how it works. But Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and I mean, it, it helps. But, again, it depends on the individual temperature on yep. that day. Yeah, um, oh, that, that's, that's right. okay. And it's okay. Hot. It's hotter than normal today, do we – elect not to fly yeah. and then okay tomorrow's hotter <laughs> then then what
0: yeah that's <laughs> right. To go to boarding kennels or something's
1: yeah you know, it's, it's it's hard contingencies
0: yep. yeah yep. so i mean something just to keep in mind if you are um booking it and you have the ability it's more probably looking at the months of the year if you yeah. have the ability to delay it a bit yeah. that would be better and then the only thing you mentioned a bit before medications so we we they do not recommending like sedating them, like knocking them out with a Valium. And Correct. Yep. It's not a good idea. But there are a lot of, um, anti anxiety medications that you can use that are actually, um, used for a period of time beforehand as well. Yeah. And there's so a lot of those available. Prescription now.
1: medications, which obviously by prescription from your vet after yep. having a discussion on the individual, um, yeah, um, pets the- needs of your. Pet yep. and um, its pre-existing health conditions and, and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. So um, there's lots of variables there, but there certainly is anti-anxiety medications, and you know I wouldn't necessarily recommend pres- giving prescription medications to a you know, a normal healthy dog um, that, that doesn't have you know, anxiety issues. disorders, normally yep. that sort of thing. But it's something you know to consider. Yeah, yep. it, it's it's one of the the potential options to reduce anxiety, but you know there's no prescription medication that hasn't got potential side effects. Exactly. Um, no. So you know if you're giving a your pet a medication for the first time two hours before it gets on the plane. Not ideal. That's probably not a great idea either. So, um, yeah, it's just something that's in the repertoire of things that could potentially help but used appropriately um, and obviously um, through the prescription of your… Um, yes, yeah, speak with recommending you. Recommending
0: veterinarian. Yep. yep. Um, there are a few things available. What do you think about these? There's adaptal collars.
1: Oh, look, I mean, very... adaptals certainly not going to do any harm. So it's yep. the, the collars Oof. and the sprays. Um, so they non specifically just um, aerate the environment with yep. with dog appeasing pheromones. So yep. it makes them feel a bit happier in their crate sort of situation. Um, like dietary supplements like zilkine that you can yep. start a couple of hours before. Sorry, a couple, <laughs> couple of days before. Yep. Um, and, and that um, promotes um, a feeling of well-being yeah um and they're not as potent as you know prescription medications but they haven't got um the potential side effects that some of the prescription medications Mm -hmm. have as well so um yeah things like that they might just take the edge off maybe um things like storm search storm shirts thunder shirts Mm -hmm. um you know they're non-specifically um anxiety um assisting i don't know (laughs) to be honest the rules as far as can they wear a, a coat i mean they're the thundershirts, I mean, they're very lightweight, yep. um, sort of elasticated um, material. But, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, you know, are you allowed to approved, um, yeah. transport them in a yeah, thundershirt? Um, I mean, they're not going to make the pet any hotter because pets don't radiate heat yep. or um, sweat um, anyway. But, yeah, you just have to check out with your um, transport company yeah. to see if that's you know, a, a possibility or not. But, there's you know, there's options that are non-pharmaceutical yep. um, that, that can help um, and, you know, may help, yep. Crate training, you yeah, know, I that's think is a thing. really good thing because um, if, you, if you're going to be confined to a crate for six hours,
0: mm.
1: um, if you've never been in a crate before, that's going to make it even more stressful, yep. that's for sure. Yeah.
0: And because they're actually – that's the other thing. They're, they are confined to that crate. Like you're not going to have baggage handlers um, pulling your pet out for a scratch and a cuddle. No. <laughs> they go in that crate. They're locked in that crate. That's, yep. that's that, it.
1: That's where they're staying. That's where, um, yeah. And, yeah, if they're more used to that, it's going to be you know, a, a less – um, anxiety-inducing yeah. experience.
0: And that's a good. That's one of those things with crate training is that actually the crate's their safe, happy place. Yeah. And so if you're then transporting them and they just don't think anything's wrong with that, they yep, I'm happy. Yeah, here.
1: and I mean, you know, my crate getting stuck in the tarmac and then going on a loud plane, yeah. okay, that's Stressful. probably going to change things. But if you hate the crate and you have all that, it's going to be
0: worse. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah. so definitely some crate training is a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't know, is there anything else you want to add? No, look, it's it's
1: a, it's a difficult subject because there's, you know, there's certainly pets that potentially would never be suitable to fly mm-hmm. um, and there's pets in the grey area where they're of increased mm-hmm. risk that um, is a problem. Um, I mean, I would argue that those pets that are increased risk on a plane are at increased risk, you know, on a summer's day in Brisbane yeah, at, probably, at the yep. best of times and, and you know, there's yep. um, there's I've got patients that, you know, can't not be in air conditioning in summer, yep. um, otherwise they have eaten and die. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's all those things that um, are a problem not just on mm-hmm. planes, um, but there's certainly, you know, some changes at foot as far as uh, what you will or will not be able to do yeah. with your pets in the future, potentially, as far as air travel goes.
0: Yeah, I think, I yeah. definitely think, at least in Australia, this has brought it's, um probably... Brought it to the forefront of these yeah. um, aircraft.
1: And look, one or two things are going to happen. There's going to be long-term change or the rules will just get swapped back to where they, yeah. where they were. And I mean, these aren't the first pet deaths on that's planes. That's exactly right. um, It's been happening forever. They, um, yeah, and, that's right. They may have just know, suspended
0: it for the summer. Who so, knows?
1: Social media and, um, you know, mm. current news cycles and stuff may have brought it to the attention, you know, more. And, and does that mean it's going to change permanently or is it just going to go back to the status quo? You know, time will tell.
0: Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. But, of course, just... Keep in mind there are risks involved in flying any pet. If you want to avoid it, drive. That's- <laughs> that's,
1: that's, that certainly avoids it. Yep. It's yep. about
0: um, all you can do on that. Otherwise, yeah, just try and limit those risks if you can. Yeah, that, and-
1: that's the main thing you can drive. It's um, food for thought.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's all it is. A bit food for thought. That's yeah. it. So happy traveling if you are traveling with your pet. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>